Mamelang Mzanzi, Nolutan Mzakani here, your head of news over at Health Home Zanzi. Joining me on this podcast, my colleague and co-sister in action, Lucinda Dordley. Hey Lulu, and to all our friends in crisis, welcome back to Sisters Without Shame, a podcast that is proudly brought to you by Health Home Zanzi. Suffer in silence for who? When this podcast is a safe space for your medical shames and woes. Every week, we will hold your hand as we unpack those ever so embarrassing health questions you would not dare ask in public. No pus-filled lump or smelly fart could deter us. We've got your back, loves. Christmas is around the corner and I cannot stress enough how excited I am. With all these talks of Omicron in the air, it's a little hard to get excited. The virus is no mild matter, but we do have some friends in crisis to attend to, Lulu. Now, as our listeners do know, on every episode, we listen to a voice note, read a WhatsApp or email message received from a health from Zanzi reader. Remember, your messages are confidential and we will never mention your name unless you want us to. Lucinda, who needs some sisterly shoulders to cry on this week? This week, we have a message from Pampirstadt in the Northern Cape. Anonza writes, Hi sisters, I went to a Christmas party two hours away and they made Lerito, which was amazing. On the way home, me and my boyfriend's stomachs were killing us. I dropped him off at his house and I go home to mine, which was 30 minutes away. I knew I couldn't make it home in time. I get to the door and my dog scares me when I open it and whelp. A new pair of pants was needed. Oof, what a situation. You know, Lirito is always such a questionable dish for me at a party. Food is at the center of most holiday celebrations, but if you don't want it to be the season for salmonella, knowing some food safety rules is key. Our guest this week is Shane Ramal, the Director of Food Consulting Services a food testing and consulting service laboratory based in Gauteng. From my side, I would also love to know what sort of food safety issues do you most encounter over the festive season? You know, besides the usual food safety issues like not washing your hands, etc., etc., I think probably the main one that come up over the festive season really has to do with temperature control of the food. So bacteria are living, even though you can't see them, they are living, they're like you and me. They don't like it when it's too hot and they also don't like it when it's too cold. The biggest mistake that people make, I think, over the festive season and also over periods where you are making a lot of food is that they don't have effective temperature control of the food. So what I mean by that is you've got your family coming over and you want to cook three or four or five chickens or you want to cook a large pot of stew or a large amount of food. Now, cook that food, you need to either keep that food hot until the people come Or you need to, if you're preparing it a day or so in advance, you need to cool that food down and keep it cold to stop the bacteria from growing. I think the issue is that people prepare foods and then they don't either keep it hot enough or keep it cold enough. When it sits out at room temperature like that, the bacteria have the opportunity to start growing. And then when you consume the food with those high numbers of bacteria in, that's when you become sick. That, to me, would be the main area that we need to have a look at over the festive season, is to make sure that we've got enough space in the fridge to keep all the food cold, or that we are able to keep the food hot enough until the guests arrive, until you consume it. 
I would say that's probably the main issue over the festive season. You know, our fridges are piled up with lots of foods and leftovers and things like that. The leftovers are also another problem because, again, even if you safely prepare the food and then you, you leave the, the food out too long after you've eaten it, so you eat for lunch and then you only start taking the food away at supper and it's been left out, a couple of flies have got onto it, et cetera, et cetera. Again, you, you can end up with problems. So I think it's just that issue that's core to it is to make sure that you're able to keep your food hot enough or cold enough and not leave it out too long for the bacteria to grow. What are some food safety precautions that should be like second nature? We're mm. cooking, we are, it's just vibes all around. We yeah. just want to get things done. So what are some golden rules that you can share with us? When it comes to especially bacteria food safety, what you've got to understand is that for you to get sick from eating food with bacteria in it, the bacteria that's in the food has to come from somewhere. If you can understand where the bacteria come from, then you will know what the golden rules are. The first place that you will find bad bacteria coming from is from dirty equipment in the kitchen. So if you've got dirty cutting boards or dirty knives or dirty tables, they would have bacteria growing on them or in them, and that would then allow the bacteria to get into the food that you're preparing. So the first golden rule is to make sure that you keep your kitchen clean. I know it sounds obvious, but that is a golden rule. Make sure that you keep in your kitchen nice and clean that your cloths are clean, that you've got enough soap and detergent to keep all the surfaces clean, wash your plates and your knives and everything that you've got in nice hot water and soap and make sure that your kitchen is clean so that you don't contaminate the food. The other area where bad bacteria come from is from us ourselves, so people that are making the food. So the important thing there is good personal hygiene. As we know from this whole pandemic we're living through, one of the biggest defenses is hand washing. And that's the same thing when it comes to preparing food. So before you start making your food, make sure that you wash your hands with soap and warm water. And also you need to wash your hands in between doing various things in the kitchen. So for example, if you're now going to prepare a nice raw chicken and you've put a bit of oil on it and spices and it's ready for the oven, before you start making a salad or before you start making any other food, you need to go and wash your hands because remember your hands have now got the germs from the raw chicken on them. Make sure that you're washing your hands before you start each new task in the kitchen. You wash your hands regularly throughout the day. Try and keep your fingernails short and just practice good personal hygiene. The third place where bad germs come from are the foods themselves. We know things like raw chicken or raw meat or raw fish, even some raw unprocessed vegetables can have bad germs on them. I'm sure you've heard of the name salmonella when it comes to raw chickens. Obviously, we had our big listeria outbreak a few years ago. These raw foods can often have a lot of bad germs on them. So it's important that we make sure that we handle these foods hygienically. So for example, we wouldn't want to be cutting a raw chicken right next to another family member that's busy making the salad, for example. We want to make sure that we prepare our raw chickens and raw fish and raw meat, whatever other raw foods we're making, once that's all prepared and put into the oven, clean everything, and then you can start making your salads. So you don't want to cross contamination from the raw foods to the foods that you're going to be eating. The way that we handle the foods in the kitchen is very important, and also the way that we store the foods in our fridges. So what we want to try and do is we want to try and store the raw meats and fish and other meats at the bottom of the fridge and keep the ready-to-eat foods near the top of the fridge so we don't have any blood or anything dripping down in the fridge from the raw meats down into the prepared foods below. 
Another obvious way that we can do is also make sure that the foods are properly covered. So don't leave foods open. Better covered the foods are, the less chance that germs can get into them. So those are the three main areas where germs can get into your food. And then like I've said before, your fourth rule would be temperature control of the food. So we've got to make sure that we cook the food to kill all the germs. And then we must either keep the food hot enough to keep the germs away, or we need to store them in the fridge to slow the growth of the germs down. A good way to think about temperature control and the way germs react to temperature is if we think about a, a two liter bottle of milk. I'm not talking about the long life milk. I'm talking about a normal clover milk that you would buy in the fridge at a spa, for example. If you had to take that milk home and put it in the freezer, you can keep it in the freezer for a few months before you defrost it and then use it. The reason being is that when you put it in the freezer, the germs are frozen and they cannot grow at all. That's why you can keep things in the freezer for a few months. That same bottle of milk you'd put into your normal fridge, it would last you a few days, maybe a week, depending on the best before date. Now, the reason why it can last those days is because the coldness of the fridge slows the growth of the bacteria down. If you had to take that same milk and leave it out in the sun, you would probably find that that milk would be sour by the end of that day. And that's because the heat of the sun, the warmness of the sun, heats the milk up nicely and allows those bacteria to grow. So that's a nice, quick and easy way to understand how the bacteria respond to temperature. And then the other part of the temperature is very high temperatures kill the germs. So that's why it's not safe to eat raw chicken because you could end up getting food poisoning. But cook the chicken, the heat kills the bacteria, it is now safe to eat. And again, you know, the rural communities all know that if you boil the water, it then becomes safe to drink. Why? Because the boiling applies heat to the water and it kills the bacteria and makes it safe to eat. I think those are the golden rules is keep your kitchen clean, keep yourself clean, handle your foods properly. So keep your raw meat and fish away from your prepared foods and then make sure that you cook your foods well and either keep them hot or keep them cold. Don't leave them out for the bacteria to grow. The temperature thing is complex. It goes both ways. So cold temperatures don't kill the bacteria. They slow the growth down. Hot temperatures end up killing the bacteria. So you would want to make sure that you cook your food nice and properly and keep it hot. Something that I think we've all wondered about is how safe is it to grow your own food at your home? Like a vegetable garden? Look, I think the only thing that you need to worry about with a vegetable garden is if you're applying any kind of pesticides to it. I think that's maybe, remember we spoke about food safety and the chemical contamination. We just got to make sure that if you are using pesticides, that you're using them correctly. So you'd need to speak to somebody that knows about the pesticides, the local nursery would know you need to follow the instructions on the pesticides. That's one thing that could obviously end up making you sick because if you pick your vegetables and you've applied pesticides, then you could end up getting sick. I would say there's natural ways that you could grow the vegetables without using any pesticides. That would be first prize. And then the other thing I suppose really is, is what kind of fertilizers are you using? You know, if you're watering your vegetables and you're using water from the local river, for example, that's contaminated with E. coli, that could also be a problem. If you're growing a vegetable garden and you're using pesticides responsibility, responsibly or even 
better not using them at all, maybe trying more natural forms of pesticides, and you're watering the garden with normal cleanish water, not from a contaminated river, then I don't think you've got anything to worry about. But I think as with all vegetables before you use them, always a very good idea just to make sure that you give them a good rinse under fresh, clean running water before you end up using them. That will also help to rinse off any residual pesticides and uh, any bacteria. So Shane, you know, dairy is a bit of a tricky one, I think, in our fridges, you know, especially things like yogurts and cheeses and also long life milks. Is it ever safe to eat foods that have sort of gone past the expiry date on the packaging? Let's just talk a little bit about expiry dates. So when a company makes a food, they determine the expiry dates by doing tests on the food. So for example, if we're having a look at let's say, pasteurized milk, they would pasteurize the milk and then they would keep many bottles in the fridge and they would test them every single day, day after day, all the levels of bacteria. And then they would see over the days, how are the bacteria increasing? Let's say, for example, they tested it for two weeks and they found that after day number eight, the bacteria levels are getting too high. Then what they would usually do is say, all right, let's give it a day's leeway and make it a seven-day shelf life. So the best before dates on food would typically be the time once tested that the manufacturer has identified that the general bacterial levels are getting too high and could either cause potential food poisoning or could cause the food to taste off. So the correct answer is that you shouldn't use food past its expiry date. Because if you do use it past its expiry date and you do end up getting sick, then unfortunately the only person that you have to blame is yourself. That is my advice to you. I wouldn't use food past its expiry date because it has been tested and that has been determined level at which the food can be eaten that is still safe. So you're your own worst enemy then if you want to try your luck. It is going to be trying your luck. I mean, will you definitely get sick? In other words, a yogurt is the best before date of the 25th of November. You eat it on the 25th, you're fine. You eat it on the 26th, are you going to become sick? Probably not. You then kind of taking a bit of a gamble. You know what I'm saying? So the recommendation is to use the foods within the expiry date because that is when they are deemed safe to eat. Don't do yeah. roulette with, with yogurts. You know, yogurt, it's naturally fermented. It's got a lot of good bacteria in it. So, you know, not all bacteria are bad. Only some of them are bad. A lot of bacteria are good. I mean, you know, when you go to the doctor and they give you antibiotics, they usually tell you to take these probiotics, which are then good bacteria that you put in your stomach. So we actually need bacteria in our stomachs to help us digest food and help us function well. So most bacteria are good, and some of the good bacteria are in fact found in something like yogurt. I mean, yogurts are probably lower risk than most other foods, but something like a milk that goes sour quickly, that can easily support the growth of bacteria and end up making you sick if you consume it after expiry. Just plan your Christmas carefully. Make sure that you can keep all your food cold. So don't leave the food out. I think that's really the biggest, biggest, biggest problem over a busy period like this. Make sure that you don't buy too much food and you have to leave it out. Once you've cooked your food, make sure that you can either keep it hot or cold. Wash your hands. Keep your kitchen clean. Don't cross-contaminate from your raw food to your ready-to-eat foods. If you keep those into mind, you're going to be just fine. Thank you for joining this week's episode, Shane Ramon. For more on festive food safety, check out healthformzanzi.co.za. Now remember, if you are in a medical jam, you can send an email to hello at healthformzanzi.co.za or send us an SOS to 076-132-0454. We will never blue tick you, babes.
stay safe guys it's already a mess with this omicron business and now we must also get food poisoning the risk of foodborne illness is particularly high in summer as we entertain outdoors and attend brides away from home prevent illness by keeping hands and utensils clean cooking food thoroughly and discarding food that has been left out for more than two hours now if you are planning a small summer brai or big holiday celebrations or even a camping trip or just some dinner make sure your plans also include food safety guys wash your hands that brings us to the end of episode 20 of sisters without shame proudly brought to you by health from zanzi from me lulu Nakani, and me lucinda dudley have a great week and remember to show us some love by sharing this podcast with a friend